Hello, listeners. This is PSG Talk contributor Mark Damon, and today it is with a heavy heart that in front of God and everyone, I suspend the Tuchel out campaign. (laughs) It was a righteous campaign. We did it for all the right reasons, but for reasons that I will lay out during this podcast, the campaign needs to be suspended with the caveat that if PSG lay an egg on Tuesday and somehow don't make it through, I may revisit the campaign and choose to reopen it. Now, before I get into all of that, I would like to introduce my co-host here. Um, he is the fearless editor of PSG Talk. His name is Ed. And Ed, yes. how are you feeling today? Well, I'm feeling a whole lot better now that PSG has won that uh, game against Manchester United. I mean, you talk about a must win. I mean, we're catastrophic consequences if PSG don't come away with a win there. Um, even a draw would have been no good considering Leipzig was able to, to come back there um, again in their game. So, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. Neymar's looking good. We could talk about Mbappe's issues a little bit later. But all in all, I'm feeling a lot better now than I was, say, the last time we, we recorded. Yeah, this has been a rough two and a half months here for PSG. I think it's one of the... Um, worst periods of struggle this club has had in its QSI era. I can't remember a two-month stretch where they looked this poor. And I I don't regret believing and, you know, listening to my ears or listening to my eyes in this case and seeing what I was seeing. I don't regret that because this team is clearly flawed. But I have to I have to give cred and i think i'll start with the big picture and then we'll sort of get into the details of everything yeah and and... i yeah i I greatly underestimated this team's mental toughness and i was expecting this team to crumble and i think the the weight of their uh bad play was really starting to make me believe that they would crumble but they didn't And you have to go back to the 1-0 victory over Leipzig, where, again, they got dominated. That was not good football. That was a shit show for most of the match. They didn't even really deserve to score that goal because that penalty was highly questionable. Let's put it like that. So they barely beat Leipzig. Then in the between games, between that and the United game, they blow a lead to Bordeaux, a not very good Bordeaux team, by the way, and get absolutely whooped in the second half. Yeah. Then you have this United game where besides the last 10, the last 20, when PSG were up by a man and the first 15 minutes where PSG were able to get the early lead, they were dominated. They couldn't get the ball out of their own end but all that being said they survived and sometimes it's good enough to survive and when 40 to 50 mil euros are on the line which it was on the line a lot was on the line in that in that match against united the future of neymar the immediate future of mbappe all that all the money that they would lose being knocked out of the Champions League, all the all the humiliation of having to play in the Europa League, all the progress that PSG had made over the last two years would have been completely thrown out the window. And it would be, be back to square one, essentially. You'd have to basically rebuild the whole roster if you're going into the Europa League and you're losing all that money and you're losing all that income. So this was a DEFCON 5 situation that PSG had to survive, and they did. And that took a great deal of mental toughness. It took a great deal of luck. But I'd say even more than the luck was the mental toughness. And and I think there are people in the club that deserve the credit, and not least of which is Tomas Tuchel. And this club 
which had not been a big match club for its pretty much entire existence, has become a big match club. They have become a team that can go into a major match with the bright lights in a spotlight game, and they can win. And they can win convincingly. They can barely win. In this case, I think they survived more than they thrived. But this was survival. And Tomas Tuchel gets a tremendous amount of credit for that. And at this point now, unless, again, they totally blow it on Tuesday, which I don't expect to happen because I think PSG know the job's not done and, they, and they're already resting guys over the weekend because they know they have to win that game against uh, they, they, they don't want to leave anything to chance. I think they want to win this group and they want to win it convincingly on Tuesday. So I think they're resting guys They're They know that this is a big match. So I'm not as worried in that situation. Anything can happen. It's soccer, but, um, but yeah, this, this was, this was in a, a perfect example of the progress that PSG have made under Tomas Tuchel in the sense that they can now be this kind of club that survives. And we've seen a lot of games in our PSG past where they played well and lost, where they looked like the better team, but they couldn't actually get the goals they needed. They couldn't play the defense that they needed to play. I think Manchester, that Manchester City, uh, Quarterfinal is a perfect example. I think PSG were the better team, but they just weren't the tougher team. They weren't the they weren't the mentally tougher team. Obviously, that that six one against Barcelona, the two legs against Real Madrid. You saw all that. They have some talent, but they just don't have that that big match mentality. This club has it. Neymar is a big part of it. Thomas Tuchel is a big part of it. And I'll, I'll let you get in in a second, but I, I, I think the question now has to be raised here. Okay, it looks like PSG have survived. It looks like they have that big match mentality. It looks like they can buy themselves two months to get right. But they have to get right. And at this point, you know, again, unless they really blow it, Tomas Tuchel is going to be the coach till the end of the year. So there's no point in saying Tuchel out because he's going to be the coach till the end of the year. And they can either extend him or not, depending on how they do in the in the knockout rounds if they get there. So it's it's beyond pointless for me to talk about that because the the crisis that I feel the crisis that I thought firing Tuchel would avoid we avoid anyway. Part of that is because of Tomas Tuchel, but by God, this team has to get better. They're not good right now. They're not playing well, and nobody can convince me that they're playing well. No one can watch that game and say, oh, PSG are really playing well. They really have their rhythm. They can't get the ball out of their own end. They can't pass out of their own end. They can't possess the ball. There was a point in that first half where they were at like 36, 37% possession. They barely cracked 40% possession against Leipzig. This team should not, with the talent that it has, with the offensive threats that it has, with Marco Verratti and with Leandro Paredes. Leandro Paredes is not a scrub. Ender Herrera is not a scrub. These are not garbage players. These are international, you know, world-renowned soccer players. They're not scrubs. They should not be settling for 40% possession against RB Leipzig and barely winning. That that's not that's not acceptable. I'm sorry, and I, none of this is acceptable. Barely winning games like this in a in a group where you are clearly the better team. If you named the ten teams that are most likely to win the Champions League this year, United and Leipzig are not on that list. PSG would be on that list. They are clearly the better team, and they have dragged this out to the last fucking game because they just aren't playing well. They're not good right now. And they're they're in a league right now where, again, usually they're running away with it now. They're at 25 points or something. They're, they're right now in a dogfight in Ligue 1. Why? Because they're not playing well. And for anyone to think that this is acceptable is just 
out of their minds. And maybe if they get people back, it'll look better. I don't think so. They had Marco Verratti fairly healthy yesterday for 75 minutes of that game. And until they got ahead of, of United and got that man advantage, they barely controlled the ball. They barely had the kind of possession and the kind of pressure that a team like PSG should have. This is about standards. What standards do you have for your club? And if your standards are barely scratching by, then then this is the team for you right now. But if you think that this team should be challenging for the Champions League or the Final Four or getting to the final, they're not even close right now. And I, I've said this, you know, on Twitter, it's about accepting me. It's about not accepting mediocrity. And if you start accepting mediocrity, you become Arsenal. You become Manchester United, even. You become, um, I can't even really think of another club. A lot of the English clubs that you just sort of accept mediocrity after a while. You become Marseille, where it's like you just accept mediocrity and then that's what you become. You become mediocre. And PSG have to be really careful about that because there's a, they're in a bit of a financial issue right now with the COVID. They're still a young club. They still, have yet, they still haven't even reached 10 full years with QSI yet. So we, we have to be careful here. The gains can be lost really quickly. And a trip to the Europa League would have really set this club back. And I don't think people understand how, just how much that would have stung financially how much that would have stung and to for me to say oh well they qualified so you know all's forgiven no you know it's on Tuchel now he's got to make this better he's got to make this team better he has to he has to coach this team for once and stop just relying on the stars to show up and stop relying on the the grit because the grit can only take you so far the team spirit can only take you so far. You have to start playing well at some point. And for the last month, PSG have stunk. I'm sorry, they've stunk. They've been dog crap. And that has to be admitted and it has to be fixed. Because if this is acceptable, then I'm sorry, this is not a high-level club. If this is the kind of play that you're willing to accept, then I'm sorry. But with that being said, and I'll, I'll I'll let you talk finally. I'm sorry I'm I'm taking up so much of the air here. <laughs> it's all good. I'm I'm happy they qualified. They avoided. I'm happy they're close to qualifying. I'm happy they have destiny in their own hands on Tuesday. It looks like they've avoided catastrophe. It's not over yet. I think those PSG players know that. I think they're going to go out with a purpose on Tuesday. I mean, you know, if they don't, then, you know, Tuchel out is going to be back on. But for right now, I, I have to say, they, they look like they found a way to survive. And that's sometimes what matters. It shouldn't matter in the long term. This shouldn't be the way they play all the time. But, hey, they've bought themselves time to fix the problem. Now they have to fix the problems. Yeah, no, there's a, a lot to unpack there. I've been jotting down some notes. Um, you know, say what you will about PSG, but they definitely have found their big match energy, as the kids say nowadays. Um, they, is that what they say these they, days? They say the big match energy. That is that is what PSG have captured. They essentially used their one and only get-out-of-jail-free card. Um, they were staring Europa League directly in the face, um, as I had mentioned earlier. Um, and, and they got out of jail. I mean, and now basically they can draw against Bissexier and at home. And that should be enough. And so it's going to be up to Manchester United and Leipzig to battle it out for, um, you know, the knockout stage. And we'll, we'll talk about our predictions a little bit later. Um, one of the first things that you said was that PSG were, we thought, was the better team. I thought against Manchester United. It's just funny, you know, you listen to the guys at ESPN FC and Craig Burley was just... You know they're poor. They're you know they were just awful. No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't think we were the better team. I, I thought. I thought the team played decently. I thought they played. I wouldn't say they played poorly. I thought they played well. 
Um, in my opinion, I thought I thought they were stand- Neymar was was great. I thought I thought he was really good on on, on that night. Um, but I wouldn't call what we saw against Manchester United poor. And having said that, I also don't think that it was all down to Tuchel. Basically, what Tuchel did was is he finally played players in their natural position. Who would have thought? You know, Pereira should be in the midfield and Marquinhos would be on defense. Shocker. Um, I guess the one innovative thing he kind of did, maybe Diallo at left back, okay. Um, he didn't really have an impact on the game. So he just, he had variety and he played players in a natural position. And oh my goodness, we're all shocked. It worked. I don't know about Tuchel out anymore, but if you were to tell me right now, hey, you could have Allegri I'd, instead of Tuchel, I'd be like, okay, I'll do it right now. For the knockout stage, bring in a manager um, of his stature, bring him in, give the club a little bit of a boost. I would do it in a heartbeat. I'm not sold on Tuchel. As you said, you know, it's not an attractive brand of football right now. We'll talk about Mbappe a little bit later too, but he hasn't scored in over a year in the Champions League. What, 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 sorry, what Thomas Tuchel has done to Mbappe is a felony in most <laughs> American states. It, it, a, it is a absolute crime yes. what he has done to him. And I'll, and I'll try to explain what he's done, but he is he is on his way to ruining him. And the only thing that will stop that is Mbappe's own brilliance. It's just that he is that good of a player. He'll, he'll, he can overcome what is going on right now, which is again. And as I said about, you know, I don't think we were the better team against United. I don't, I think we were even, if anything, we were yeah. even, I don't think we were, I, I think that United had chances in that second half. They hit the bar. Mm-hmm. Cavani hit the bar. Yeah, Martial. Hit one into you know, hit one to Liverpool <laughs> after having a wide open net. Um, but you see, you say all this, but those all came after Fred one hundred percent should have been tossed out. So it's like okay, maybe Manchester United had a few goal scoring chances, but they should have been down to ten men. Yeah, and then they eventually got down to ten men, and then PSG started playing well. Exactly. Surprisingly, when they had the man advantage, they started playing well, and they should have been Again, down another man team. with uh, McTominay. Who went ahead and stomped on Neymar's ankle? There was a lot of dirty there was play. A lot of that, yeah, oh yeah. And and I'll say, I'm not even saying United played well. I no. don't think United. I don't think United are any good. I think they have they have players that have names, but they're not a good team. No, I would and agree right with now, that. PSG are in that boat. They they got names right now, but they're not a good team. Those that was two very flawed teams playing each other, and one of those teams was able to one of those teams has a winning mentality in PSG and United just don't they don't have that same mentality they don't have a like United just don't have a guy like Marquinhos on their roster they have no one like that who can elevate his game to that kind of level when he needs to and can be a defensive rock and then can get a goal out of nowhere like they don't have a guy like that. They and, don't have a name. They don't have a Neymar. But let's they not forget have... that PSG, at least in this game against United, they did have three players that are in their first season with PSG, so only a couple months in. At all three layers of the game, Keane started in attack. You had Pereira in midfield, and then Florenzi on defense. So you know they do still have some new pieces. Now you know these are talented players. They should figure it out soon. But that's something to also consider that maybe that's why it's looking a little disjointed because all over the pitch, we've got a couple of new players that we're trying to bring up the speed. You know, it's difficult learning how to play with Neymar and Mbappe and figure out where they like the ball, how they like to move, where, what part of the pitch they like to occupy. Um, yeah. You know, it's just something I think Tugel's having to work out, but I'm still on the boat. I, I just don't think he's the man for the job. He bought himself some time. Fine. Okay. But again, Allegri, I'll take yeah, Pochettino. I'll take him right now. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he is either, but that's, you know, I, I don't think he is either for, for maybe different reasons than you do. But I, I think that in the circumstances they're in, they avoided the calamity. So he gets the opportunity to, to me, the reason to fire Tuchel was not necessarily that he's a bad coach. It's that the team, wa- the team was clearly, the plane was clearly going to crash. And somehow they pulled the nose up just as it was about to crash. Like this team was a, this team was a, a two month long plane crash. Watching this team, and here, and if we want to even get into the, the the game part of it, they are deeply flawed. In that this team 
lacks the ability to transition itself from defense to attack. They have a really tough time playing through a press. I would agree with but that. Bayern Munich exposed them in that final by being able to press them. And they essentially, what they did was they played a high line and dared Mbappe and Neymar to go over the top of it. And they couldn't do it once. And I think from that point, and you saw it in the Leipzig match, they just said, we're going to play the both Leipzig matches are the same way. We're going to play this high line. Mbappe can't make that run. And that's what's happening right now. Mbappe can't make that run. And the reason he can't make that run is because PSG get the ball in such poor areas. And then you have this sort of really bad buildup out of the back play that they're trying to do. And it's just not working. The, the guys back there, besides Marquinhos and Kimpembe, are not capable. Whoever they've been playing in that left back position is not, like, like Kurzawa is just not capable of that. Diallo might be, but I don't think he's capable of it from that position. And you look at the way they're trying to to build out of the back. And Verratti even coming back didn't really seem to help it all that much. Because there isn't great pattern of play. I think Neymar is stuck in between being a attacking midfielder and a winger. I feel like yeah. he he's trying to do too much. And believe me, the way this offense is going, I appreciate him trying to do too much. He needs to do it all, he, yeah. <laughs> he has to. But the, the crime right now, and he, uh, I'll, just to back up a second, I think Moise Keane was used properly. I think not playing Di Maria was smart. I don't think Di Maria would have helped them in this game. No, he, he's been it, thought, off a step. Keane's, yeah, he has. Keane has been really good. And I think he, he wasn't great against United, but he did just enough things to be okay. And he helped your, he, he's probably your best pressing option. By the way, PSG are a really mediocre pressing team. Like, they just don't do it well. Like, Mbappe and Neymar are trying to press, but they're just not good at it. And that comes down to coaching, effort, practice. Yeah, but they're also just not good at it. Well, I mean, like, you don't have to, I could be, like, you don't need to be a world-class footballer to press. It, it no, takes effort. It's, you know what I mean? No, it's not, but it's not, it's a skill, there is a skill to it in the sense that you have to time things right. Like, you have to be, you have to know where the passing lanes are. You have to, the goal of a press is to take away passing lanes and force the ball where you want to force the ball. So that's the whole thing about the press. It's not about... It's not so much about just running around like a chicken with your head cut off. <laughs> it's about figuring out where the weakness is in the in the pat in the other team, and forcing the ball to that weakness and then swarming it. Which comes down to and coaching, right, I think. It, that, that's a coaching thing. Pass, and taking away the passing angles, yes. And they're not good at it. They don't do it well, and it's not effectual. United was even better yesterday at pressing, and Leipzig's really good at pressing when they're when they're on. And Bayern's obviously maybe the best team yeah. in the world right now mm -hmm. of doing that, of just forcing the ball to your to the weak point into weak parts of the field. And PSG allow them to do that, and it and it takes Mbappe out of the game. And if we're going to talk about Mbappe, I think we have to really focus in on this because he's again by Kylian Mbappe's standards, he's been horrible. Yeah. By most other people's standards, he's been pretty okay. He's been fine. But, you know, PSG are not paying $20 million a year for Alan San Maximan or, you know, Florian Tovan or something. You're, you're playing, you're paying for one of the best players in the world. And the way this team operates, Killian is just lost. Like, there's no, there's no theory on how to use him. It just seems like, you either A, use him on counters and let him run, cool, or B, he gets the ball on the left, he dribbles into a double team, he tries to go through the double team, and they dispossess him of the ball. Yeah. Sometimes doubling and triple teaming. And when he's playing on a team like France, they can't do that. They can't really double and triple him because they have somebody like Giroud who's so such a quality box striker that Mbappe can make that pass or, you know, somebody has to pay attention to Griezmann 
And in theory, PSG should be able to do something very similar. But it's like Killian's, it's like he's in the middle of transforming his game from one thing to the other. And I don't think he's quite sure of what he is right now. Like, what is his, what are the things he's, you know, he's otherworldly at? And it just seems like he's not, um, he's not a striker. He's not really a winger in the traditional mm-hmm. sense. He's not like a, he's like Ronaldo, yeah. but he doesn't have the finishing ability of Ronaldo. Like he can't one touch. Like or the, or the physicality. Like we all saw that video of Ronaldo jumping like 30 feet in the air for a header. Like, I just don't think you're ever going to see Mbappe do that. Now, Mbappe, I think, is faster than Ronaldo, but he doesn't have that physicality to his game yet. And maybe he never will. I don't know. Yeah, and it doesn't seem like it's it's something he's built for, but, you, you know, I don't know. But it, it's weird that it's like he's regret. You saw him when he played in that first year when he was with Neymar and Cavani, mm-hmm. where he was pretty much playing a pure winger. And it worked, and and he was really good, obviously. And then, you know, he's he's gotten increasingly better as the years have gone on, but he's changed his game up. Like he's he's more trying to. It's weird. It's hard to describe. Like it feels like because Neymar is so much of PSG's offense, and because Thomas Tuchel is so reliant on Neymar to be the central focus of the offense that Mbappe just sort of seems like a secondary piece when he really should be the primary piece. And it feels like we've gotten to that point where you have to pick, like you have to pick between the two because they're two, they're two alphas and you can't really have two alphas. And they're good friends. And the unfortunate thing is, as much as they may want to play together, it just may not work on the pitch. I wanted to mention, I, I tweeted this out um, after the game. I said, you know, PSG fans, if you can only sign one to a contract extension, who would it be? And I had Mbappe, Neymar, and then just for fun, because the McRib from McDonald's came out, I threw that in there. Mbappe was only, what is that, uh, 0.6% more than a McRib sandwich. Basically, Neymar ran away with that poll. People want to keep Neymar to an extension at PSG, 70%. And Bobby only got 14.9, and a fast food sandwich got 14.3. His level of play has just lowered his notoriety. I mean, this is the kid that's on the FIFA video game, and like he's taking shots like this. People are ridiculing for not scoring in the Champions League for over a year. Rashford scored again. I got well, it was a deflected shot, but still, um, he did score in the first game against Manchester or against you know PSG, and so the hits just keep coming for Mbappe, and it comes to the point. It's like if you can sell Mbappe in the summer, um, get what you can. I know COVID. Could could you build around Neymar? Maybe Messi. We'll talk about in a second. But could you build a, a real cohesive team with a strong creative midfielder and strong defenders around those two stars with the money you would get from Mbappe? And you could find a. You mentioned Saint Maximum. You could find someone with a lot of pace and throw out there on the wing. And maybe it's not the level of Mbappe, but kind of close to yeah. it and it's still effective. And the other thing I wanted to mention, just real quick, I, I sent this out on Twitter, and I want to get your thoughts on it. What are the chances? him thinking about his future is having an impact of his play on the pitch. He like he, maybe he doesn't know what he's going to do. And so he's maybe clouded. I don't know. He's got a lot on his mind right now. He's, he's thinking about what he wants to do with his future. So take that however you want to answer that to answer the last question first. Yeah. um, I don't think it's bothering him. I think he's a professional. I think he understands this is the, you know, I, I don't, I mean, I think it weighs on him, but I don't think it weighs on him in a way where it affects his play, if that makes sense. I think it's something he thinks about at night when he's when he's, you know, mm-hmm. about to go to bed or when he wakes up in the morning. I don't think it's something he thinks. I think when you're a high level athlete like that, I don't think you're thinking about much but, when you're on the field except yeah. for being a high level athlete. I, I think the problem is and I think this was predictable if we go back in time when Mbappe was clearly a winger who could play off of Neymar and was 
not dribbling as much, who was just making more runs and who was, I, I think his game is evolving. And I think when it evolves, it's going to change. Obviously evolution means change. I just feel like Kylian Mbappe's game is morphing into um, what some of the things that Neymar already does. And we talk about, you know, whose team is it? And we had that argument, you know, for years of, you know, who's our, whose team is it? Is it Neymar's team? Is it's it Mbappe's Neymar's team, team now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's all, you know, it's stupid from a, from a certain perspective. But there is something to it when it comes to the style of play on the field. And I think you're seeing Neymar, obviously, the, is the alpha of the team. Like, he's clearly the alpha. Like, there's not a debate. You know, Marquinhos is the captain. Neymar's the leader. He's the emotional leader of that team. Like, he's the guy that makes everything happen. Because Neymar's 28. Yeah. Neymar is in his prime. Yep. Neymar is, is a superstar. He is ready. He is now at the point where he can be his final best form. And I think the next three, four years, if he stays healthy, Neymar is going to be almost unplayable. If you get the right pieces around him, he'll be almost unplayable. I mean, did you see what he did to Maguire? Yeah. Oh, he's, that was that whole that whole run was special. <laughs> that was just it's special because he just and then the and then the stop to send Maguire uh-huh. into the net. Like that's just like to do to know how to, to know to do that. And then that first goal, just sort of setting that up and being patient about it and hitting it in the right way. And a lot of the stuff he does is, you know, it pisses people off, but it's effective and he gets fouls and he draws contact and he starts the break. He's the guy that, that he's the only guy right now that can transition PSG from, from defense to attack effectively. Like he's the only guy you saw, you saw that. In the second, um, his second goal towards the end, there, he they were on PSG's side of the pitch, completely trans, like flipped the pitch, got launched the attack, and eventually scored the goal. I mean that that's case in point. That's that's what he does for this team, and Mbappe unfortunately doesn't do that right now. No, and it and again we're not. I think it'd be foolish of us to say that Mbappe is not a world one of the best players in the world because he is. I just think, and this is the part of the, and this is part of it where I talk about coaching, and this is where coaching matters. Tomas Tuchel needs to take the next two months to figure out how to best use Kylian Mbappe, because there's a good chance he ain't gonna be here next year. There's, there's already been a report that Tuchel is is he's expecting this to be his last year, and we all know but about no, but Mbappe. Even both of them, yeah, Tuchel and Mbappe, it's probably their last years. So why go out? let's go out with Mbappe playing his best and being able to be effective. Like, like let's figure that out. Can we figure that out? Can we figure out a way to use him effectively? Can we get him involved in the attack more? Can he be more central? Can they, can Neymar and Mbappe switch spots at times? Can, you know, are there times where Killian can take the game over? Cause Killian made that pass to, you know, to Rafinha that set up the goal. Right. And he made that pass that got deflected to set up the Neymar goal. So again, even with Mbappe not playing particularly well by his standards, he's still doing stuff. Yeah, he's recorded it's a just, few assists in the in the Champions just, League. But you need him to be more. More. You need him to be more. Well, if you're gonna win the Champions League, you need those two you need Neymar to do what he's doing and you need Mbappe to get to that back to that level where he's just deadly, where you can't play him, where he's unplayable. And there's times where he's been unplayable. And right now he's just, he, and this is part of the thing about getting him so young. Yeah. Is that you see all these struggles. He's not going to be his full form until another three, four, five years. Like by the time he's 26, 27, he'll be at another club and he'll be the best player in the world, undisputedly. I mean, the, the, the we'll issue is he's, he's got Halan now to worry about. Who's Halan's well, not Halan's not best. Halan's one dimensional. He's he scores. Yeah. He scores goals. That's what he does. He's not he's not that kind of player. He's not an overall yeah. world class talent. He's a goal scorer. Well, the really issue Mbappe's one dimensional right right now. That no, and that's he's the not complaint. But this is the problem. He's not one dimensional. Yeah, two goals makes him that way. Has the problem is he has too many dimensions and they run into what Neymar does 
and Neymar takes up that oxygen and Mbappe has to do other stuff that is less than what he's his talent level. He's overqualified for the job PSG need him to do. And the problem with that is that Tomas Tuchel, as a coach, needs to figure out how to get more out of Mbappe and to make the offense more balanced. Because, yeah, we, we, we can just live with Neymar dribbling the ball through three guys, which is, you know, whatever. But that's not going to win you a Champions League. You need both of those guys to be at their peak. You need Mbappe to be in more involved in the offense. And because Tuchel has gone and thrown his hands up and said, screw it, let's just let Neymar carry this thing. That's what's happened, is that Mbappe has been left in the shadows because he's not the focal point. And he's not the guy that's directing everything. And he's not the spiritual leader. He's kind of along for the ride. Yeah. And Tuchel needs to get him invested in being, a, in doing more things. And that's where, you know, and I think Mbappe will be willing to do that. I don't think he's a selfish player. He's not a selfish player. And, you know, I think he's going to want to win a Champions League on the way out. So let's, you know, let's, let's freaking do it. Let's get these, let's get Mbappe to a place where he's a contributor again, where he's not just sort of a sideline player who gets the ball every once in a while well, or just is used for counters. It's like, this is a coach's job. Yeah. You have to get these guys to be like that. You can't just, you can't just say Neymar and in Salah you, that you can't just do that. Like you have to, you, 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 it's gotta be more than that. The offense has to be more than that. And that's how you build an offense. You build an attack. You build it through multiple guys. They take turns. They move to different positions. Neymar goes to the wing and Mbappe cuts inside. Let's try that for once. Or maybe we can try Mbappe on the right. Mm. Bring him in a little bit. And then Neymar plays centrally. Let's try some things and let's get Mbappe involved. Let's try something. That's all I'm asking us to do is try some things to to change up the rhythm so that teams don't just key Neymar mm-hmm. and that Mbappe isn't just pushed to the wing with with guys triple teaming him while he tries to dribble through them all. Can Out we not do island. that? Yeah. Well, let me Can ask you this do- question because it'll lead into the next topic. Would you sell Mbappe next summer if you got a bid for, let's say, 180 to 200 million? Would you yes. sell him? You would sell him. Yes. Yeah. You can't. You can't not. Because you said you that he's overqualified. With that amount of money, you could get someone who is qualified to complement Neymar plus a few other really good pieces. So I'm I'm with you there. You get that kind of money yeah, from someone. So because you, you don't have a choice. Yeah. You, you don't have. You cannot let him walk for free. You don't have a choice. If he is, if he's not going to sign a, an extension, you don't have a choice. Got to do it. And I don't. I don't begrudge Mbappe for it at all. If he gives PSG, you know, good four, he's given them a really good four years. Like, I'm not begrudging him for that at all. If that's what he wants to do, that's what he wants to do. But, you know, PSG have to be smart about it and go, all right, let's get that money. Let's invest it. And, you know, I'm not going to get into it completely now, but I think somebody like Paul Pogba, even though he's older, Mm -hmm. I think is the perfect midfielder that they don't have. And apparently he's riding the bench at United. They don't have that guy. They need that guy. And I'll tell you, they need a guy that can box to box. They need a guy. They need a guy that can play that box to box that can hold up the ball, who can do all the things that Pogba can do. PSG desperately need that kind of player because they don't have that player right now who can be a midfield player who also helps the attack, who takes the pressure Mm -hmm. off Neymar. That would be a good complimentary piece. Pogba, and, I've been. I think one of the first blog posts I ever written. I was like, "All the money in Paris for Pogba. I'd love to see it." Um, with Mbappe, the only worry that I have is if it does come out public that he's not going to sign an extension. Clubs might just wait one more year and then get him on a free. Like we're not talking about a small sum of money. And with COVID, Real Madrid might say, "We waited this long. He's only going to be what early twenties still, approaching yeah. mid twenties. We'll just wait another year and get him for free." That's my only worry. And if he did that, Mbappe. Might be go go from one of the most loved in Paris to probably one of the most hated because that would be catastrophic for PSG to lose him on a free. So I hope he either signs an extension or keeps it quiet so that PSG can do their business and sell him on to where he wants to go. For the have right you fee. seen Have you seen Real Madrid lately? 
<sighs> Trash. <laughs> that team needs Killian Mbappe. That team needs him. And it's perfect timing, too, because Ronaldo has been gone for three years. Mm-hmm. They need a new guy to be the face of that thing. I'm sorry. That's really media. You want to talk about accepting mediocrity, man. There's some. There was some mediocre stuff. <laughs> on that Real Madrid, on that Real Madrid team right now, they need they that team needs a star, and they don't have a star. I, they have no stars on that team. I take a few they players from players. that squad. I take a few of their players. You know, they don't have stars. No. they have no stars. We have we have Neymar. We've got the star. We need those complimentary pieces. They can have Mbappe that they pay up. But I wanted to ask that question because after the game against United, uh, Neymar had some interesting quotes. I'll read them for you. So he said. What I want most of all is to play with Messi again, to be able to enjoy him once again on the pitch. He could play in my place. I have no problem with that, but I want to play with him next year for sure. We have to do it next season. There was some reporting from Julian Laurent who said that, yes, this is something very much in discussion at the Parc de Prince to bring Messi, who could arrive on a free. Now, he's on astronomical wages. Maybe he takes a pay cut to play with Neymar, end of his career. Who knows? Um, I doubt that PSG could keep Mbappe, Neymar, and Messi. I mean, that's just absurd uh, considering the financial restraints and everything. So maybe Mbappe does need to go. But we've talked enough about Mbappe. I mean, just talk about in general, do you think that Messi is actually going to end up at PSG next season? <laughs> uh, okay. I... I, I I, I want to say yes. I, I think yeah. Okay, it, 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 let me. Okay, let me back up a second. Okay, so financially, there's no team that can make this work except for PSG, and there's a couple of reasons for that. Number one, they are the only team that can get the influx the influx of cash that they would need. Like if you sell Kylian Mbappe for a million for. 150, 180. That influx of cash alone pays Messi's salary for two years. That influx of cash alone. Yeah. Not unless, uh, you know, besides all the other players they're going to sell. And they're going to sell a bunch of those players next year. Hesse's salary is coming off the books. <laughs> no, but, you know, Draxler <laughs> will go. I think Idrissa Gay is probably on his way out at some point. Yeah. Um, there, there, there are pieces. Di Maria, I think his salary will come off the books. Um, He's in the last year of his contract, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, his salary comes off the books. PSG will have money coming in, and they'll and they'll have fans in the stands mm-hmm. next year. So, financially, the only two teams that could pull it off are City and PSG. The only two teams that could pull it off, and I don't think Messi wants to stay in Barcelona anymore. No, I think it's pretty obvious that. I think he feels like that's a rebuild and I don't think he wants to be around for a rebuild. I think he wants to take a shot at the champions league. I think he liked playing with Neymar. I think Mm -hmm. it made his life easier playing with Neymar. They're great friends. I mean, they are really close friends. Why wouldn't you want to end your career playing with your best friend? Well, and and he, well, it it comes down to this. You either play with Neymar or you play for Pep. And Uh. the problem with sitting, let's, let's get away from that for a second. Pure financials. You sell Mbappe for 180, and that pays Messi's salary for two years. Let's say Messi is on 70 million salary right now. Let's say he does take a pay cut to 50, and then Neymar gets his extension bumped up into the into about that same range. So you basically have two years worth of paying whatever you're getting for Mbappe is basically being used to pay for Neymar's salary and Messi's salary for the next two years. And then whatever else you get is going to have to come from uh, whatever other selling you do. And that, that might work. That might not. I'm just saying it from a finance. I'm not, I'm not endorsing it one way or the other. I'm just right. saying that that's yeah. what the financials would look like. And then the contract that you'd have to sign Messi to would be a two-year deal with a third-year player option. It wouldn't be longer than that. I don't think Messi would want to be on a longer contract than that. I think he's very much wants if he if he goes from Barcelona, it's want to one more European team and then off to Argentina to play at like Boca or something wherever the hell they want to play. MLS. 
Nah, maybe. But Watch I, out, I Columbus think, Crew, Messi to Crew. He he wouldn't be that, but he, <laughs> I, I don't want him to go to MLS. I think that cheapens his. Uh, that that's a, that. Talk about cheapening the legacy there. That you know, going to you know, Zlatan did it. Pay. Zlatan did it. Beckham. Yeah, but Zlatan like Dom. Yeah, but Zlatan was too good. I'm sorry. I like. I, I think MLS <laughs> is good for what it is, but it's not. You know the Europe, the big European players going over to MLS for a paycheck is not. Yeah. It doesn't help MLS, and it, it, because that that's not what MLS should be. But that's a that's a larger philosophical debate. Um, I think that if if not Barcelona, City would have to sell probably five six of their key players to sign Messi, and I don't think Messi would want to play in a league where he's got to play all those games in that kind of schedule with, I just, I don't think he would want to play in that league. It's just, it's, and it's not that the Premier League's bad. It's that the Premier League is not a kind of league that Messi is used to. He'd have to live in Manchester. That doesn't sound appeasing. I think in League One, he'd be protected. Like even Neymar wasn't. I think they, the players would have respect for, Players in in league and don't really respect Neymar, no. as, like as a which is unfortunate because they should. But um, that's why I he clowns respect, him. Yeah, I think they'd respect Messi. I don't think he would take the kind of hits that he would. I mean, honestly, if somebody tried to you know <laughs> slide tackle Messi like that, I mean, they'd get thrown out of the game in two seconds. Oh, I, so, I would I would I would believe be in sports. You know, the broadcaster like, look, we've got a lot of eyes on our channel right now with Messi and Neymar. You tell your damn refs, if someone just breathes on Messi, to throw, throw him out of the game. Because, like, people are going to pay for the subscription for being in order to watch these two players. So, like, I think the referees well, yeah. have got to protect those players and, if it does happen. Um, yeah, and boy, league on right now with the way their the TV rights have been screwed up, they really need to have something big like a Messi come along to re, uh, re-up those rights. I... I is it something that I'm going to say definitely will happen? No, but I think right now, if we're talking about who's in the lead, PSG's probably in the lead to get him. Yeah, but that could change. I, I'm just maybe I'm going to yeah maybe Barcelona figures it out and solves their issues and they were able to keep them for a couple more years. Mm-hmm. Maybe City does are able to sell those kind of players, but if it's a three team race. I mean, PSG's clearly in the lead because I think Messi clearly wants to stay in Europe for a couple more years. So, yeah, yeah. yeah I think I think it, it, PSG right now are in the lead. It, if if the if Messi had to sign a contract tomorrow, I think he'd probably sign it at PSG. I think that Neymar doesn't really talk about this kind of stuff, and if he does, he's sending a message. Um, and I think this is his message to Nasser and Leo that. You want me to stay here? I'll be happy to stay here, but I need you to be convinced. I need you to convince me that you're going to do everything you can to get Messi. Maybe Neymar's already talked to Messi and's like, "Yeah, if they come at me and they give me this, I'll be there next season." Like, I think there's something going on behind the scenes. Those two players are talking. They have a plan already hatched. Now they're just trying to bring everyone on board. And by doing this publicly, Neymar is laying down the gauntlet. You want me to stay? This is what I want to have happen. And if it means Mbappe's got to go, then that's just the way it is. Um, so that's that's how I feel about it. When's the last time we heard Neymar say something like this? It doesn't happen often. So I think there's something more meaningful no, going on. There's clear intent to that. Yep. There was a very clear. You're pretty much spot on there. I don't think I can add too much. Um, I also think the byproduct of this is that Barcelona is getting trolled really hard right now, and I think that's. I think this is really. You know, I, I don't try to talk about my hatred for Barcelona on this show very often, but I think that this would be the perfect just knife in the back to Barcelona and to the arrogance and to mm. finally sort of put that fan base in its place in that in that organization in its face. They're in bankruptcy right now. They don't have any money. PSG have, are, are having financial issues, but they're not where Barcelona is right now. Barcelona is in the hole. Like yeah. they're in a deep hole. Yes. And they don't have a they don't have an Mbappe card they can pull. No. Like PSG have the Mbappe card. He is the wild card. Out. You can play him and he can solve all your problems. And, and he puts you in a f- good financial place yeah. to sell him. 
and you still and they still have the Jordan money and they and they're having like PSG are in a decent spot. They have a better chance of recovering here from whatever this coronavirus pandemic has done to them. New Barcelona, Jordan, new 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 uh, Jordan kit uh, next year, Barcelona I think. A home have, kit. And this is part of this too, which is it's why they didn't sign Thiago Silva to an extension. It's why they didn't sign Cavani to an extension because you can't have those wage. They had to get those wages under control. And right now, Barcelona's wages are out of control. It's that they're paying all these people loads of money to be mediocre, and they can't get rid of some of these guys. And like, they're in like Barcelona's in some real uh, financial uh, scuttlebutt here. So, uh, in other words, I'm really happy and excited about it. <laughs> it <laughs> is really exciting times here for us Barcelona haters. Like. This is a really good time for us. It really is. It's, it's a great time for us Barcelona haters to mm-hmm. rejoice in the fact that they look like they're going, you know, bottom up here. They, they're headed for some dark months coming up here. It, it's yeah. it's not going to be good for them. Um, real quick, let's go through this last topic briefly. Um, predictions for match day six. I mentioned PSG are hosting Basaksha here. I think I finally figured out kind of sort of how to pronounce yeah, that. Yeah, Basaksha here. I but yeah, something like that. Yeah, and I then, too. And then you've got Manchester United having to go to Germany to play Leipzig. Um, Manchester United, PSG, and Leipzig are all on nine points. In PSG's favor, not only are they playing the fourth place team, but Basaksha here can't even qualify for Europa League. They literally have nothing to play for. I can't imagine they're going to play a strong side and risk injury in their, you know, for their own domestic league. So that should be a cakewalk. I'm going to go ahead and just say we should win that comfortably. Um, so that would put PSG on 12 points. Um, so what do you think is going to happen between Manchester United and Leipzig? Who do you got? How do you see this group finishing out? You know, anything can happen. Obviously, and PSG are not out of the woods yet. This is similar to two years ago when they had to go to Red Star mm-hmm. and uh, they had to win that game on the end of the, you know, at the end of the uh, group stage. It's a similar situation, although this time PSG are at home, which I, I think in theory should make it easier. Um, but Sha- if PSG are healthy and they're resting Verratti and Neymar, I think on Saturday for that purpose to keep them healthy so that they can go in there and probably resting Mbappe too. They'll be fully healthy. They'll have their, 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 the, the lineup they need to have in there. I think you got to score a lot of goals to, to maybe catch Manchester United on goal differential. I know there's no home field advantage. No, the, but... no, it is all. No, here's the, here's the, just so we lay out the, yeah. the situation for everybody. If PSG win the match, they win the group. Because they have the tiebreaker versus both teams. That's on right. Players. Okay, you're right. You're right. My bad. If PSG draw, then they 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 qualify, but they don't necessarily win the group. It would depend on what happened in the the next match. Right. Okay. If the PSG lose, and either Leipzig or Manchester United win, they still go through. The only poison pill scenario here is if PSG lose and Leipzig and United tie. That would be the poison pill situation that would knock PSG out. So that that kind of lays it out for everybody. Um, here's what I think will happen. I think PSG will win. And I think that United and Leipzig will tie, thus giving the qualification to United. Damn it! I hope you were gonna. I'm. I'm gonna say Leipzig. I, I've made no secret. I kind of like Leipzig. I like what they do. I like some of the young French players they have there. I'm hoping Leipzig can pull off a shocker and send United after they had beaten PSG. They beat Leipzig. Manchester United were like soaring. They thought, "Oh, this is our year." And to have them drop down to the Europa League would almost be as satisfying as uh, Barcelona losing Messi to PSG and. Maybe dropping into the Europa League or, you know, finishing outside the top three in La Liga. It would just be very satisfying. So I'm going to say PSG top the group, Leipzig second, United third. That's how I think Um, it's going to go. I mean, it's possible, and I wouldn't be mad at that. But (laughs) um, I just feel like United will find a way. I I just, I I, I think Leipzig are, 
I think Leipzig are good, not great. Yeah. And I think that they don't have that. Uh, they don't have that. Those sort of impact scorers that even United have. Or no, Upa Makano. I think he's suspended. So that's one. Of, that's their probably best. Was he suspended for the last game? Again? No, he was suspended in this. Okay, so he's out. That, I, I believe he's out for this game coming up. So that's a, a dagger for them. But hey, yeah, Upa. They they can just keep. They've got all kinds of young players and cuckoo. I mean, they they've got some talent there. I like a lot of their players, so I, I'm going to hold out hope. I, I I would like to say though, the goal for PSG on Tuesday is to score in the first ten minutes and end this thing right away. Yes, you don't let this you don't let this thing linger. You you go for the kill right away. Definitely. And I think you have to go for the kill. I don't think you let you don't ease your way into this. I think you go for the you go for the kill shot. Right. And you get the two goal. You get one goal early. You get a second goal. Put Bashaksha here out of this and coast your way into the into the uh, not. Don't let this thing drag into the second half. Yeah. Do not let Bashaksha here, who scored three goals against Leipzig, yes, on Wednesday. They're capable. They beat United. They beat United two one. Mm-hmm. Again, both of those were at home, so I don't think this team is going to be as good on the road. Clearly, I think they probably are going to be more effective at home than they were on the road. So the, I think that'll obviously help. But again, don't take it for granted. And I don't, and I don't think PSG will. No. I really don't think they'll take things for granted here. I think they'll go out for the kill. I think they'll win the game. Yeah. Well, here's hoping. If there's a team that could throw this away, and uh, it's PSG, as we've seen in the no, past. No, but you see, that's the thing, though. I think if we're giving Tugel credit for anything, it's that they're not that team anymore. Yeah. I'm just saying, That's in general, we've seen this team collapse. Maybe not as much under Tuchel, but we—they have the capability. They can do it. They know how to, you know, disappoint us all. But in, and they talk about me being the pessimist. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I just don't see that. I don't see this team being like that anymore. I don't think that's their issue right now. I think their issue is they play really boring football. Right now, yeah, I think their issue is that they're playing bad football. I don't think the issue is that they're not clutch anymore, or that yeah. they're they're chokers. I don't think that's an issue. Or bottle. That's what they said over I'm, in I'm, England. I'm, I'm feverishly knocking on wood right now because obviously that can change yeah. in an instant. But I, I I think because Neymar's sort of mentality has finally sort of cemented into this club, mm-hmm. and they have a Marquinhos and Kimpembe and Paredes and Mbappe and Neymar and and uh, those guys, it's in it, variety. I think they have the keys now. I don't think they have that issue anymore. So I'm, yeah. I'm cautiously optimistic about Tuesday. I think they'll come out and do what they need to do. It'll be a little nervous at the beginning, but I think they'll do it. I like it. All right, let's get out of here. I got a couple questions. I hear my daughter screaming in the background. So let's uh, let's wrap this up. Um, at Wall Seventeen, Colin um, asks. You want to know you specifically uh, what midfield signings that you want to see next transfer window, and I think you said Pogba. And if if he, if Colin's interested in what I think, I would love to see Milinkovic Savage. I, I think that's a player that I really like. You mentioned Pogba. Is there anyone else you think PSG should be looking at? I think they need box to think box to box midfielder. Think Pogba. Think Blaise Matuidi. Think that kind of player. Mm-hmm. Who but can... not actually Blaise Matuidi. No, not actually Blaise, not Blaise Matuidi, but think of a guy who can, who can effectively, and this is part of the problem with what PSG have right now is they don't have a midfielder who can sort of join the attack. Like they don't have a fourth attacking player that can come out of their midfield. Like Verratti doesn't shoot. So that sort of hurts him like that. And Verratti's too valuable as a facilitator in the back end. He's not really an offensive threat. He's not an attacking weapon. And Paredes isn't really an attacking weapon in that regard. And Grier isn't that guy. And uh, Danilo isn't that guy. And Herrera isn't that guy. They need a guy that can sort of be that real link, that sort of box-to-box midfielder who can get to the final third and can make decisive passes in there and can sort of free Neymar up so that Neymar doesn't have to do all that. So think in that line. Milinkovic Savage is a good name. Pogba, I think. Kevin De Bruyne would be a good player. Manchester City probably cost you probably as much as an Mbappe would. 
Well, if if let's say if, if City got messy, then they'd have to sell De Bruyne because De Bruyne's not those two couldn't play together. I would yeah, I'd take him. I think that's the kind of player though that we're we're talking about that PSG would need. Um let's keep it moving. At Ben underscore Gumble, good friend of the pod. He's mentioning Mitchell Bacher and, and he leads PSG in League on minutes this season, but it feels like Tuchel still isn't ready to give him the full-time job. Uh, he didn't start against Manchester United. We mentioned Diallo. So should Tuchel keep experimenting with other options on the left, or should he still stick with Bakker and Ligue 1 and give him as many minutes as possible, and maybe that'll help Bakker get ready for the knockout stage? So do you what, what do you what do you see at that left-back position that Tuchel's trying to do? Bakker's the left-back. He's the left-back. He's the starting left-back. Um, he has flaws, but... Right now, with Juan Bernat injured, uh, he's the he's the left back. Um, you look at how bad Kurzawa has been in the past, how just ineffectual he can be, and just how we know he's very mid, if that, just not a not a not a not the kind of player that you start. And you saw what he, you know. PSG had some rough performances with Kurzawa. You know what I mean? Like he couldn't start. Notice he couldn't start Kurzawa on on you know, Wednesday, biggest match of the year. He couldn't start him. He couldn't even play him. He was unplayable in that situation and not in a good way. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's Bakker. Yeah. Diallo, that, that was sort of a weird formation to start the game. But once they bought Bakker in, it actually helped things because, ba- and there was that video going of that run he made on the third goal. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like he turned on the Jets, and it wasn't like he was, you know, that's not Usain Bolt speed, but like that dude can run. That dude's got some, that guy's, he's strong. He's good in duels. Yep. He understands positioning defensively. He's not, he's never really out of position. And he comes and from the IX Academy, and you rarely see a player come out of there that isn't at least a solid player, if not potentially a superstar. If he can learn like how to be effective in the once he gets that ball in the final because what he's doing now is he's getting the ball in the final third he's he's making that run off the off the off the wing and he's getting that ball but he's not he doesn't have that final third touch yet where he's getting it where it needs to be he's still a little off in that regard and that's okay because he's still young so he has time to develop that. But if he does, then he's the starting left back. Because defensively, he's nearly there at this point. Yeah, I would agree. And, uh, and so I think he's. I think he should be the starting left back in knockout games. I absolutely yeah. do. I, I mean, it's not going to be Kurzawa. <laughs> well, that's at Funky Raccoon 34 said, you think there's still a place for Kurzawa? And, and um, in the club between Bakker, Diallo, and returning Bernat, and I, I say no. He's a backup player, and I think he knew that when he signed his extension, and I think he's happy with that. I think he knows as his place in the team, and that's as a backup. He plays as needed, pretty much. Yeah, that was a dumb extension, but but they they needed they needed a guy. Yeah, they needed they needed they didn't know Bakker was going to become this. I don't think and. Again, Tuchel has done a good job with Bakker. Yeah. I think they've eased him in. I hope he starts on Tuesday. I think he should. I don't think there's any reason not to. I think if he if he can't start against Bashak here, then I don't know who he's going to start against. And you know who you know what what where's the place where you start for him? Mm-hmm. So I, I I enjoy I, I've enjoyed seeing Mitchell Bakker these last three three months. Him and Moise Keane have been yeah, the bright spots. Really good. They've been bright spots in what has not been a great PSG year so far. Yeah, thoroughly enjoyed watching those two players. And a lot of the other questions were, you know, messy related and um, whether you are back, you know, are still still pumping up the Tuchel out. And I think you saw a couple of those, which we've already addressed. We've already addressed Messi too. So, but thank you, everyone who responded to my tweet and got those questions and always appreciate it. Uh, Mark, I think we covered all the, the, the hot topics for PSG right now. Um, just real quick, if you are uh, interested in learning more about Mitchell Bakker, I just wanted to plug Jonathan Johnson. He's been on the show a bunch of times. He's with CBS Sports now covering PSG in the Champions League. Check out, he did an interview. I think he posted on his Twitter feed. So um, go ahead and check that out. It's in English and it's good stuff. So I always want to plug his excellent work. But uh, 
other than that, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at PSG Talk. Um, we're everywhere, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. Uh, Mark, how can people find you and say what they think about your opinions? Well, if, they, if they're so inclined, they can find me at Mark Damon 9 That's right. And you know what? If people aren't tweeting you, you're not doing a good job. You're always insightful. You stand by what you say. And if you get something wrong, you'll own up to it. And that's why we always like to have you on the show here and and hear what you have to say. It's always it's always a good chat. Um, it's been a, a couple weeks, so it was good. I thoroughly enjoyed this, and uh, we'll try to do it again once we know what happens on match day six. Hopefully it'll be a celebration. We can look ahead to the knockout stage draw. So until then, I'm Ed at PSG Talk. It's Mark, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Bye, everyone. Au revoir for now.